0: Hey there, and welcome to the Smart and Simple Matters show with your host, Joel Zeslowski. If you think excitement is contagious and want to catch some, then keep listening. This is episode number 66. Thanks a ton for cranking up this episode of the show. Wherever you are, in the car, on your bike, strolling down the street with a stroller in both hands, that's where you might catch me, or maybe even making a meal. Whenever you listen to this, you know, the day it's published, which is in late January 2015 or years into the future, I'm grateful for your time and attention. I have some excitement to share with you right now and what I feel is some uncommon wisdom to discuss. But first, I think a little shout-out's in order. Recently, a listener named Steven left me a review on iTunes under the title, Amazing Conversations Plus Insights on Living Simply. He wrote, I really appreciate the range of views Joel brings to the subject of minimalism and living simply. I think it's an often misunderstood subject, and now, when I come across someone interested in learning more about it, or they have preconceived notions about what it's really all about, I tell them to listen to Smart and Simple Matters. Hey, word up, Stephen. I appreciate the heck out of the tone and the substance of your plus the time you took to leave one. Really super cool. You know, I also appreciate the people who have been asking me about when I'm going to have Smart and Simple Matters set up on Patreon.com. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a crowdfunding platform. That allows creators like artists, podcasters, for example, to accept a recurring financial patronage from the people who dig what they do. Kind of an old-school method of um, getting a community to help uh, build something, to help uh, an individual or group create stuff on a, on a recurring basis. Now... I'm not quite ready to accept optional contributions for the show yet, but I'm working on it. And the the main obstacle really is recording a short video and all the work that goes into doing my hair, you know, because it takes me a long time to do my hair, waiting for a sunny day so the lighting's good, and brushing my teeth. The brushing my teeth part's pretty easy. But that's all taking a backseat because I've whipped up a large body of other important work in the first few months of 2015. My book. For example, Experience Curating should have version 1.1 ready soon. And best of all, it's going to be available in print and audio for the first time. I know. I know. I'm thinking the same thing, too. Whoa. Whoa. I'm also preparing an Experience Curating-based talk for South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Oh, I'm stoked about that going down March 14th. Now, if you live in or near Austin or are one of the hundreds of thousands of people from across the world who come to South by Southwest every year, let's try and connect, eh? And then uh, there's this little, well, not so little thing called Simple Rev 2015 ramping up, which I am over the moon about. We're releasing some tickets to our Simple Rev email subscribers on February 16th And I'm hoping I can say this with confidence, if there are any left, to the general public on February 23rd. I'm feeling pretty pumped up that our tickets are going to be snatched up by the end of February, meaning that uh, our Simple Rev Brain Trust, of which I'm a part of, we can focus on the event itself, which is on October 2nd and 3rd in Minneapolis, Minnesota, instead of last year, which was a huge focus of just simply getting butts in seats. (sighs) That was painful. Patreon, Experience Curating, South by Southwest, Simple Rev, that's a lot. If you want to forget about all that right now, totally cool. I will try to tax your brain a little less for the rest of this episode. Now, this episode is different than past ones because I'm taking five ideas that I've had for individual blog posts and smooshing them into an action-packed format here I know you probably missed it, but in my October through December 2014 quarterly pulse check on Value of Simple, I sort of buried a rather big shift in what and how I create online. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, the pulse check that is, but I declared that I was going to stop writing regular blog posts on Value of Simple because (sighs) I've been blogging for four years, And I've seen fewer results from it compared to this podcast or event organizing or pretty much anything else that I've done. And I I just, I don't like blogging. I just simply don't like blogging. So putting the brakes on my blogging means more time for Smart and Simple Matters, it means more time for a new recurring series on Value of Simple. I'm tentatively calling the Experience Curator. Really, it's just another way to live my minimalist values and give you more of what you want and what I'm best at putting out there. So here's what you're getting right now. Five of my best tips for being intentional, living simply, and changing our culture from one that's all about go, go, go to one that's more about slow, slow, slow. First, I'll cover why a slice of simple is available to you wherever you are and at all times. Second, I'll discuss a counterintuitive tactic to reduce the weight and volume of that never ending stream of emails, texts, tweets, blips, and bleeps. Third, We'll enter into the new social norms of simple living. And then we'll shift into why trying to impress people by how much money someone makes is totally crazy pants. And then last, I'll give you one of my absolute best tips. Actually, it's a double-dip tip of simplicity and curating. All right, as Tone Loke once said back in the 80s, let's do it, but bump bum 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 here we go. Tip number one is what I call right here, right now. Because simplicity, mindfulness, gratitude, abundance, all that good stuff, all the awesome things that we want and that we covet, they are not at a cabin on a lake in the woods. Okay, they are at a cabin on a lake in the woods, but you don't have to be there To get them, and you might be wondering, so, dude, how how do you know this? Well, uh, naturally, I discovered it in a cabin on a lake in the woods. I actually I audio journaled an entry into Evernote on August fourth, two thousand thirteen. After I ate a delicious breakfast of scrambled eggs, uh, the same premium bacon that Martha Stewart actually has shipped across the country for a small fortune, we had some of that on hand. Smoked trout, shredded cheese, and some fruit. Oh, man, it was good. And it was uh, about one month before my second son, Clark, was born. And Melinda and I, my wife, we were up at our friend's cabin right smack on the shores of Lake Superior in northeast Minnesota. So to paint the picture for you, here I am. I'm standing in this tiny kitchen area of a log cabin built 80 years ago, hand-scrubbing all the dishes... While I'm periodically looking up and looking out the window at this choppy and gorgeous, massive Lake Superior, my older son Grant, who was uh, about three years old at the time, and our friend's son, son Johannes, they were playing outside. You know, our our family dogs. We have two; they have one. They're all romping around. They're having a good time. And I'm thinking to myself, this right here, this is the simple life. You know, this. Is what everyone is in search of. I got quiet. I have solitude of being at the cabin, away from all the buzz, the busyness of the city, and all of these electric, electronic devices. I can't get Wi-Fi up there, which is great. Uh, away from just the lure of these glowing screens, and I'm really just enjoying being immersed in nature and having it be right out my back door. With some of our best friends and my family, we're going at this slow pace. We've got kids. We've got laughter all around. It was just a beautiful thing. And then I'm thinking to myself, "Um, hey, hey, buddy. Yeah, I I call myself buddy in my mind. I know it's weird. Uh, Hey, buddy, simple living can be anywhere. You don't have to seek it out. You don't have to leave wherever you are to find it. You don't have to leave your town. All these sensations that I was having, you know, all the enjoyment that I'm getting, this deep sense of gratitude, of contentment, I could get this on home, and I could get it on demand because I can mindfully wash dishes at home without trying to do something else like listen to a podcast episode. I can uh, watch my kids play in the backyard with the dogs And see everyone having a great time. I mean, I could even be a part of that playing, which is even better. And I can contemplate. I could um, experience that contentment anywhere I am at any time, slipping into that meditative state. It's just as easy as doing a yoga pose real quick. uh, And it's effortless. Really, I can be happy where I am right now with what I have right now at any time and I don't need anyone else to provide that to me. I know this might not come as a shocker to you. There are a lot of people, though, who think they need this kind of Henry Thoreau, Walden-like environment to feel this gratifying sense of, of nothingness, of silence, of peace, when you're all by yourself and the world can't get to you. You know, The world stops demanding of you all these things that drive you crazy. I've even had this fantasy, too of retreating from the world and hiding out for a while, but really, it's just a fantasy. You know, I don't, I don't want to leave the rest of the world behind. I don't want to have to escape to experience all of the wonderful things that simple living is about. I, I want to connect deeply, uh, meaningfully, uh, and mindfully with the world and all the other living creatures around me, the trees, the grass, the animals, uh, the flowers, But really, the takeaway is this. Don't wait for life to slow down. You got to make life slow down. You got to take time to breathe and just simply be. You have to prune those commitments, the ones that you're doing out of social obligation that you've been doing for years and years that you dread, you cringe when you think about them. Cut them loose. You have the power to do and be simple right here, right now. Tip number two is something I call how to simplify by being a jerk. And yes, jerk might be a little too strong for what I have in mind, but that's really how I felt when I started changing how I interact in some key uh, but really counterintuitive ways. So give you a couple examples here. Uh, First, I used to reply to emails and texts and tweets or other things with a hey, uh, thanks, or some other form of quick acknowledgement that, yes, you, the person who's trying to get my attention, I know you exist. I've received your communication, and I'm acknowledging receipt of that communication. But one day, I stopped doing that. I stopped replying, thanks, or great, or got it. And I started getting a little bit inconsiderate, at least from other people's perspectives. And you know what? Nothing bad happened. Nothing. Nobody said, Joel, come on, dude, how come you didn't say thank you for that small thing I did for you? How come you didn't send me an email saying, gotcha, to something that didn't require a response? And then, of course, they, that person that I was responding gotcha to, have to open that email. They got to think about its contents that they can't do anything about. And then they got to start reading back in the email chain and realizing that they made a typo, which they're now beating themselves up about. So here's a little gift that I'm giving to you today. Saying thank you is one of life's all-time best practices. Please continue doing it. But you don't need to acknowledge every incoming piece of communication you get. Don't you think, wouldn't it be better to focus on becoming the kind of person people can rely on so that they don't get freaked out and have to ask you, did you did you get my text? Just a couple of seconds after sending it. Wouldn't you rather be that kind of person, that people, that is organized, um, that folks can depend on, so they don't need you to acknowledge a receipt of something? Really, I think about it this way. So, uh, on the opposite side of things, let's say you're having uh, an I love you contest with your partner or with your kid or maybe even your best friend. So, you you have these two people. They're both saying, I love you. And then the other person says, no, I love you. And then the other person goes back to them, no, 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 I love you. And then each of them, they want to build upon the previous, I love you, and get the last word in. Uh, and when you get that last word in, even when it's a positive and grateful one, who feels good about it? Now, who feels better as a result of it? Are you thinking about the attention and the time that you're taking up in someone's day by constantly going back and forth, by pinging them, even by acknowledging them and expressing gratitude you know, through a simple thanks, and whether that's adding or distracting from your focus, from their focus, and what everybody is trying to accomplish? It's true. Uh, some people, they may see you as a jerk or somebody who's inconsiderate when you stop acknowledging everybody all the time, but soon really, they're going to realize that you're doing yourself a favor by being more intentional with your communication and not wasting their time with this endless back and forth. And here's a pro tip. I even go so far as to write... These are magic words, by the way. Note these words right now. So in some of my emails, I write this phrase, there's no need to respond to this message. That gives somebody on the receiving end permission not to reply with a got it, thanks, you betcha, you know, whatever they were going to do. And it saves me another email that then I have to read and check to see what somebody sent. And it saves them the time to write something that doesn't need to be written in the first place. If you want to explore this a little bit more, Chris Brogan, uh, he's somebody that I see this do really well. Uh, In fact, uh, there's a a blog post that he wrote. It's called Nine Ways to Improve the Impact of Your Email. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. It'll help you make your email shorter, more actionable, and uh, putting the questions up front, which is a big thing, Uh, not to mention how to craft notes that don't require acknowledgement by the people receiving them. So that was how to simplify by being a jerk. And we're going to shift gears here into tip number three, which is this. Start noticing and absorbing the social norms of simple living practitioners. Now, here's what I mean. I've found that people who practice simple living, they have, uh, they have a set of social norms regardless of their religion, uh, their cultural heritage, their ethnicity, where they live, you know, all these different variables. For instance, people who really are simple living enthusiasts, they give first, they give second, they give third, and only then after they've given, they take the things that they need. Which, by the way, they've spent a lot of time thinking about identifying what they truly need as opposed to what they just merely want or what they desire Uh, these kinds of people they also tend to ask questions when they meet somebody new instead of the tired old so uh, uh what do you do for work they ask other questions like so what brings you alive what are you fascinated about right now These are great questions to ask and they get more into the why behind people's what because the why understanding being purposeful and deliberate that's the root of being intentional and having that self-knowledge and getting other people to talk about it too really helps a ton so just one more for you now i've observed this general social norm that is about mindfulness being the gateway to a lot of other virtues. Because without understanding, without knowing why you feel compelled to do or say something, without being able to feel present and centered at any moment, if you really concentrate, all the other things that we want can't happen. If you can't be present, if you're always in the past or the future, what about right now? What about today? What about that person who needs your time, who wants your respect by giving them 100% attention? So here's my challenge to you today. Notice one social norm of a community that you love or that you want to belong to. Just one. And then adopt that social norm as your own for the day. Play around with it a little bit. Experiment. And if you dig it, make it a part of who you are too. All right, that was tip number three. So to recap our first three tips, we have the right here, right now principle where you can experience whatever you want to feel, wherever you are, and whatever you're determined to do so. You have that power. Then we have tip number two, how to simplify by being a jerk. And we just covered the social norms of simple living pros. Tip number four. Is all about money and how ridiculous it is to try and impress people with how much money someone makes. Now, this one's front and center for me because I've been irritated by this for a while. And most recently, I'll I'll just give you a brief story. There's a blog that I follow, it's called Copy Blogger. And I was recently reading an article on their website, it was published a couple of months ago in November, about this guy named Jay Bear. And how, at least as far as the copy blogger, uh, author of the blog post wrote, he started five million dollar plus businesses. And that's the lead of the article. Like, check Jay Bear out, he's amazing because he routinely makes money. The thing is, I know Jay Bear delivers a lot of value. I, I saw Jay Bear, I saw him present at a conference called New Media Expo in 2013. But I know what Jay Bear is impressive. Not because he repeatedly makes money. Uh, There's so many other things to write about. and I'd rather that blog post author impress me with the millions of lives that Jay has impacted rather than the millions of dollars that Jay has made. I mean, the money that he's making is a byproduct of the value that he's providing. uh, And that positive impact, having that positive impact in so many people's lives, isn't that more impressive than how much money somebody makes? I know I'm getting worked up about this, and I think part of it is because I've been guilty of this too. Uh, I've been guilty of trying to impress people with how much money I made, uh, with how much money somebody else makes. It's a really easy trap to fall into. And we choose that numbers route uh, from the start or the end because we can easily quantify money. Yet it's not easy to quantify influence or the kind of positive impact that somebody or group of people are making in their community, in the greater culture. But here's another challenge for you. If you're a fellow blogger, a podcaster, some kind of a content creator, online or offline, that can see metrics about how well you're doing, would you rather have a million people consume what you create and all one million people just Dismiss it out of hand immediately. Or would you rather have a 100 people visit or listen or watch that care, that really care about what you do, why you do it, and actually take action as a result of what you created for them? Which one of those two things sounds better? And sometimes it is that black and white. You can chase money or you can chase impact. And oftentimes, the two don't go hand in hand. I guess maybe it's just me, you know, I have this vision for the world where people would rather have 10 thank you emails than $10. Um, Maybe I'm just projecting here because of how strongly I feel about the topic of money. But anyway, that was tip number four, impress people with impact and thank yous, not money. This last tip is my promised double dip that's going to help you simplify and experience curate. I call it, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, here's the situation. Your parents went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new Porsche. Wait a minute. Nope, that's a <laughs> that's a Fresh Prince lyric from Parents Just Don't Understand from the 1980s. All uh, jokes aside, here's the deal. Let's say you just had coffee with your best friend and you got seriously deep. I mean, bottom of the ocean kind of deep. You shared inner secrets. You connected like never before. There's this energy, this vibrancy in the conversation. It was one for the ages. Here's your pop quiz. Do you, A, get in your car, immediately turn on the radio, jam out to some random tune you sort of, kind of, maybe like, uh, and pretty much instantly forget how meaningful your conversation was and what you discussed b give your best friend a hug, watch her stroll away, and then instantly check your emails, your text, your facebook stream, your r s s feeds as all that great context from your chat floats from your brain and out of your body for good or c wait a minute not like I mean, literally wait a minute, 60 seconds before doing anything except reflecting on that conversation, figuring out how to follow up on those loose threads from the chat, and maybe even capturing some mind-blowing quote that your best friend told you. For me, the answer to that pop quiz is C, wait a minute. Here's how I do it, and there's so many different ways to do it. I just had an amazing conversation with a friend. So after I'm done, I, after people are out of earshot and I get a little bit of time to myself, even if I'm in my car and I'm sitting in my car, I don't turn it on. I'm not trying to listen to the radio or a podcast. I take out my smartphone, not to check texts, <laughs> not to check my email, uh, but I open up Evernote, which allows me to capture uh, an audio note with the context of the conversation, you know, what I need to follow up on, Uh, And that's in preparation for my long-term archiving in my main curating tool, which is a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Those curating benefits of the pause, you know, that 60-second pause are amazing, but they also get you to really tune in to what was discussed, to why this person is important. You feel so grateful recapping that conversation and not immediately moving on to the next thing. As a matter of fact, I leave uh, the radio and podcast and other external stuff off until I get home if I'm driving from somewhere in a car so I can be intentional about how that interaction really let it sink in deep for me. It's not even a price to pay. I feel like I am paying a price if I switch my brain from this meaningful experience that I had to something else which is fleeting kind of like buying happiness is fleeting, if I really focus on the experience, if I'm deliberate about internalizing it and then taking action on whatever there was that was left open, that leads to a tremendous amount of simplicity for me. The, the same premise, it applies on a walk, uh, if you're listening to something in your headphones uh, or anything else. I mean, before you let your playlist go from one song or from one podcast to the next one, just stop wait a minute like literally wait a minute reflect if you need to capture something from what you just heard a thought an idea a future blog post a book idea you know whatever it is just take a moment become aware of your surroundings and by all means do nothing i mean nothing just appreciate nothingness for a moment or two before going on to the next thing I don't know about you, but self-awareness, at least for me, it requires reflection. And it requires reflection, not just scheduled reflection, for an hour on a Sunday evening during the course of the day, as I'm shifting from one task or experience to another. And the best reflection takes place often immediately after something meaningful happened. So my bottom line really is this. After you have a meaningful experience, whether it's reading a great blog post Uh, seeing some kind of a a rockin', like really rockin' live concert, or listening to, say, even this podcast episode. Just wait a minute before switching to anything else. It's dead simple. It's going to help you a ton with the level of mindfulness and the depth of mindfulness that you have in your day-to-day, and it really allows for some amazing experience curating opportunities. To recap five of my best tips for being intentional, living simply, and changing our culture from go, go, go to slow, slow, slow. We have number one, the right here, right now principle where you experience whatever you feel like, wherever you are, and whenever you're determined to do so. Number two, simplify by being a jerk, (laughs) at least uh, by some people's standards. Number three, observe and adopt the social norms of simple living prose. Number four, let influence and generosity tell the world how fantastic someone is, not their bank account. And number five, wait a minute. It's okay not to immediately shift from one task or experience to another. Well, I hope you enjoyed these five tips for being intentional, simple-focused, and they're loaded with some curating potential. If you have your own to share, and I know you do, and other people want to read and hear about them too, jot them down in the show notes for this episode at valueofsimple.com slash sasm 0 Just as a couple of reminders, I'll be in Austin, Texas from March 13th through March 18th, 2015 to do a little experience curating, fancy talking for about 12 minutes and then four days of connecting with amazing people nonstop. If you're going to be in the area, let me know on Twitter. I'm at Joel Zaslavsky via email, which is joel at valuesimple.com or if you got a bad phone handy, pick it up, use it. Let me know via your bad phone. If you want to connect with me and some of the most wonderful, simple living enthusiasts in North America, probably a couple other continents after we're all said and done, I invite you to check out our Simple Rev 2015 event on October 2nd and 3rd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The best way to get the ins and outs of Simple Rev and what's news is on our email newsletter which you can subscribe to at simplerev.com/newsletter. That'll be in the show notes as well. That's it for this one folks. If you enjoyed the episode, share with your family and friends. I mean, they are depending on you to give them the good stuff and be a resource for their own journey in life. And I'm dependent on you to one, keep being awesome. Probably shouldn't be hard cuz you rock. Uh, two, encouraging me with your comments in the show notes, valueofsimple.com slash SASM066, or even, uh, reviews on iTunes, which you can leave at valueofsimple.com slash iTunes. And really just being intentional about following along with me, engaging with me, and connecting with everyone else that you come across. Thank you for listening to this groovy stuff that I created today and that I have in store for you in the future. It's really a treat to have you be part of what we're building together. All right, it's now time for your partner in simplifying to sign off again. You've just listened to the Smart and Simple Matters podcast with Joel Zaslowski, creator of all things value of simple.